Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Talk Saturday here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you, along with Corey Griswold. Nate Geary has the day off. We're working to get Joe Yerden on the West Her, excuse me, the West Her Hotline. There we go. Couldn't get that out. Doing great. We're talking a little bit about the Sabres. We, in the first hour, talked a lot about the Bills and what's coming up with them after their 27-10 divisional loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Championship weekend is this weekend, but both games are on Sunday, so I don't really know why it's called Championship Weekend. I mean, you're not, you're literally not playing on Saturday. You're just playing on Sunday. I think I'm going to watch football, but I don't. I don't. It's going to be very much like a like a half baked. Like I'll watch. I'm going to be doing something on my phone. I'm not going to be fully engaged. And in part as well, the Sabers are playing well, and like I want to watch those teams. I want to watch that team play, and that's like the key aspect of it. I want to watch them play because for the first time in years, they are an absolute blast to watch. We do have Joe Yurden on the Western Hotline. Joe, man, thanks for joining. And before we get started, I do just I have an honest question for you because Derek okay. gets mad at me whenever I don't say it. How did you earn the moniker "Noted Jerk"? I have to know. Well, it's uh, I'll try to give you the TLDR of that. Um, it started years ago when I was working with NBC, uh, and I was doing a lot of coverage of the. Sorry for having you on speaker. Uh, I was doing a lot of coverage of the Phoenix Coyotes, maybe moving, maybe not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, saga. So one of the so one of the stories that I was doing a lot, writing, ended up writing about a lot at NBC was that. And there were a, a few Coyotes fans on Twitter. This was like the early days of Twitter when it was kind of cool and fun, uh, who decided to uh take umbrage with me they were not happy for, for, oh yeah they weren't happy about me writing about that at all even though it was a very uh it was on brand topic thing. i mean it was a thing happening this is how long the coyotes have been moving too by the way oh good times right, right. this is, i mean we're talking going back to like 2011 <laughs> 2000 2011 2012 so uh so there was myself uh greg Wyshynski, and then uh, a writer in, in vancouver that we ended up writing about it a lot because well 
two of the three of us were writing about national topics. The other one was in Canada, who was, you know, very much trying to angling to get them back to, to go back to Winnipeg. Uh, so somebody there in Phoenix made up a pretty cool looking poster, honestly, called the, uh, it was referred, like they referred to the three of us as the noted jerks of media. And Greg very quickly pointed out, he goes, no, Joe's the one who's been being called that all the time. Yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. It's only one of us. <laughs> no, 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 no. Give credit where it's due. It's Joe. Because there's, there's a, there was somebody who would respond to me about something, and they were just like, you some kind of some kind of jerk. And I go, somebody else, a friend, had gotten the reply. to go, yeah, yeah, no to jerk over there, Joe Yurden. Um, yeah, so it kind of stuck because I ran with it. It was like meant to be an insult, but I just decided to run with it. So yeah, You embrace the villain role, and I'm proud of that. Yeah. I mean, listen, sometimes sometimes if some, somebody throws the black hat at you, you got to wear it. Oh, we, I mean, you know, black is slimming, looks good. Villains always have exactly. the best. They, they always have the best outfits. I mean, you know, Darth Vader and all the way down. But Joe, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the the Coyotes are always a negative topic. I mean, now they're playing in a college arena. But the Sabers, they have become a very, very you know, almost like a light in Buffalo sports now. I mean, the, the Bills had such a rough end of the season, even going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and the Sabers have just been trugging along. And now they find themselves in a serious playoff race and a five game win streak. What have you seen over these past five games that have really impressed you the most? Well, what I've seen from them is a team that that uh, that a doesn't give up. Uh, they don't. If they get down on a game, they they are never out of it. Um, I think we got accustomed to uh, past teams here where if they got down, they were down for the rest of the game and might get ugly uh, for for spells of that for towards the end. But uh, this is a team that you know if they're down by a couple of goals, it doesn't phase them. They they think like, okay, well, it's time to get time to get it going now. And, uh, if you give up that next goal, man, they're gonna they're gonna come out and and get at you and probably get ahead in the game. Uh, but there's also the part where they're able to hold on to leads too. Um, again, you know, a lot of us are preconditioned to to see you know see them get like a two three goal lead and then it starts getting chipped away at. And you're like, well, here it goes, time for them to lose again, and then it just doesn't happen. And it's it's pretty impressive to to see them hang on to these games and. I know there's probably a little bit of debate as to whether or not it's sustainable, that they can do that all the time or whatnot. But listen, winning the close games is a big deal. And it's a young team. They don't have any of this past experience, all the past scars from, you know, from, from every, you know, the, the, all the rest of us have from watching some of those, some of those bad finishes, but like, they don't, they're not phased by it. This is a team that just, they, they, they kind of rally around it and they, and any hardships, they, they just get down with it. They're just very good about sticking with the game and uh it's that to me is is the impressive part and you know it, it's it's the it's also the part where they've learned how to handle these situations as the season's going along i mean how they played you know maybe in october early november is a lot different than how they've handled things now one of the players that has really i mean popped off a little bit on this on this western road trip is, is owen power three straight games three goals Somebody who it took forty games to score. What what have you seen from him over these? Maybe even the whole year, but especially these these last few games. Confidence, confidence is the biggest thing with him, uh, and it's not that he lacks it. There's, <laughs> don't get it mistaken. He does not lack confidence in any way. He is a he is a dynamic, outstanding player. He is he makes the right decisions ninety five percent of the time, ninety eight percent of the time. Um, he's so good at carrying the puck. He's so good about reading his teammates where they're going, what they're doing. Uh, but on the offensive side of things, and it happens a lot with, with rookie, you know, first, second year players, they defer. They'll defer a lot to, to teammates to say, yeah, well, you know, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to hog anything here. You guys take care of this, you know, whether it could be, you know, scoring chance or whatnot. 
he's seeing the opportunities now, and he's just going for it. Uh, if, if there's an opening there to, to take the puck to the net, he's going to go. If there's an opportunity to shoot the puck, he's going to do it, as opposed to, you know, maybe looking, you know, shot second, pass first. Um, that's what I've seen a little bit more out of him. And it's, and it's also his ability to read the play. I mean, a couple of those goals are, are down and low. I mean, granted, you know, one's in overtime, so it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a circus. Uh, try, trying to figure out, you know, you know who plays where and what when it's a three-on-three, but uh, but it, but he's read the plays really well, and he know and he's spotted where the where the soft parts of the of the coverage are, and he's gone to him. So, to me, it's it's a guy who's starting to to to, to figure out what all of his his gifts and abilities are at this level, and he's starting to lean into them. So I, to, you know, to me, the scoring chances and the shots and all that stuff was there before. But now it's now now it's a matter of of him taking advantage of them and some of the shots going in finally. That's that to me is what is sticking out with him right now. But once you start scoring goals, man, the confidence just like ups, ups, ups and takes off. And he's so good at taking care of that. Speaking about scoring goals and, and seemingly getting confidence, Peyton Krebs has been a player that I've been really, really impressed in. I went to the Anaheim game when he scored two, and he has seemingly developed into this like I'm going to be an absolute pest to everybody. Are, are you both surprised by his role or, or, or at least what he's doing lately? I mean, Peyton Krebs, to me, always felt like he was going to be an assist guy, maybe a third, fourth liner, but now like, he's seemingly really found his role and is flourishing in it. Yeah, he's he's an interesting one because the, the, the kind of the pesty, pesky, pesty, like, I don't even know like, the, what the right way to frame it is, but, I mean, you know, you don't get in scraps without, you know, doing something to, to kind of help bring that along. Um, and, and that's that. That to me has been interesting to see because you look at him, you're just like, "How's this guy fighting? This, this, this guy doesn't look like he should be fighting anything." I've asked that every single time. <laughs> but I mean, at least he's pick, at least he's fighting guys that are like in his weight class, I suppose. I mean, you know, Ryan Strom yeah. throwing down. That's 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 about equal. But um, but I but I see a guy who is just who's who's learned that the, the role that he has on this team. You know, and I know on the outside people look at that line and say, "Ah, that's the fourth line." Well, they get they get third line minutes and usage. They get they get the important uh, defensive assignments. They get a lot of those, you know, the you know the the energy switch assignments where they've got to take it, they've got to take the game and kind of turn it back in their direction. That's what that line's really good at doing. And you know, you know, Pozo and Gergensen have been doing that for a few years now, but and they're very good at it. But with Krebs, I see a guy there that that. He could be, he could be a number two center at some point, or he could be a really dominant number three because he's got the offensive skills. Uh, he's got tremendous vision. He can pass the puck very well, uh, but he's also pretty strong defensively. Uh, and in the in the in the part of the defense, not necessarily the physical part of it, um, but just the way he pressures the puck and the way he's he's able to uh, to, to force turnovers, force bad passes. Things of that sort. So, uh, to me, I see a guy who's growing into a role that maybe he's going to be, he's going to excel at uh, down the road. But if they need, but if they need to get pressed into a, you know, in an elevated situation, he can absolutely do it. Which who knows, maybe that happens. Maybe that happens tonight with, you know, depending on Dylan Cousins' availability. So uh, that, that that's something I would that that's something I would keep an eye out. But man, I, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm impressed with how he's done. And you know, for a lot of guys. They could see an assignment like that and just get really down on themselves. No, he's he's taken it. He's run with it. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing too. Is like it, 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 like you said, he has all the offensive potential, but he was kind of told to like be a grinder, and he almost has done it like 
100% with a smile on his face rather than even, it, at least from what we've seen, even a little hesitation. But he, I, he's he been one of my favorite players to watch. It's seemingly every game I go to, he scores a goal, and he doesn't score too many. So I think I might be a little bit of that positive energy. But you did mention Dylan Cousins. Initially didn't come to morning skate. Sounds like he came on like 15 minutes after morning skate had started. But what have you seen from him this year? I'm, I mean, this might be two questions now in one, but I'm of the opinion Timo Meyer is how you get the most out of Dylan Cousins this year and maybe even going forward. But what have you seen from him at least this year in terms of his point production and really his entire game as a whole? I'm seeing a guy who, t- who took what he started doing last season and multiplied it. Uh, you know, whether it's by two, by five, you know, whatever. I, I'm seeing a guy who who's doing a lot of this, the same stuff last year with, you know, being so good at carrying the puck in the zone, uh, playing aggressively, playing physically when he has to, uh, stepping up, <laughs> looking, looking to, uh, to, to maybe throw down with guys. He's always, I, he, he makes me smile because he, he's always, you know, he's itching for a fight. If somebody wants one, he'll gladly take it. But I, I'm pretty sure the team rather him not. I, I've, I've been saying it for now two years. He is the kind of guy that will fight a polar bear if it looks at his teammate wrong. That is that is who Cousins is to me. Yeah, it's like he's just he, there's not something he would turn down. Like he just that that's not you know he's not going to skate away from something and just be like nah I don't think so unless it's you know one of those you know uh, situations where it's going to turn the tide of the emotion in the game. He's like nah I don't think so. But if it's regular old scrum, he's hopping in there going like who wants one? Who wants one? I'll, I'll feed it to you. You know like that's. That's kind of his attitude about it, but he—he's the thing with him now this year is that the the pucks are going in when he's shooting them. You know, last season they weren't really they weren't really going in a lot, and you know it was good luck, bad luck. You know that that that's more or less what the uh, what what the cause was there. But um, but but now he's got a couple of line mates who are just they're right now they're pure offense. Uh, you know, Quinn and Paterka, those guys. You know they're they're going to learn more about and they are as the season goes along. They're learning more about the the two way part of the game. And that's not to say that they're trying to rein them in. They are not. But it's a lot to learn at this level. Um, but with Cousins leading the way there, which is wild because he's what twenty one, twenty two, maybe. Yeah, he's twenty one. Yeah, he's he's still so young. <laughs> and he's the old man on the line. That's that's the part that gets me. But um, but he's but he's the guy that's kind of like the. Uh, the slightly older brother that's that's leading these two guys that leading the other two guys through and you couldn't ask for a better guy honestly i mean he's he just he plays and such a tired cliche but he really does play the game the right way um but but the offensive part of his game is really starting to show through um and even the role that he's gotten on the power play i mean playing playing first power play on this team is is a pretty big compliment um and he's he's done very well with that group so uh, I, I see a guy whose offensive game is just starting to is just starting to really show through now, but he's got all those other tools and all those other abilities. So having the offense start to catch up with everything else is is a, is a really good sign for him and for for the Sabers too. Now the Sabers have found themselves in a position they have not been in in what feels like thirty five years, a playoff race, <laughs> and it's it's kind of becoming exciting they're they're in a position potentially tonight if Pittsburgh loses in regulation to San Jose they could be in a playoff position by the end of tonight what are you making of I guess the two teams in the wild card spot but then also who is with Buffalo chasing those two teams in the wild card spot for those who don't know it's Washington Pittsburgh and then I've just got written down it's Buffalo the Islanders and Florida right now what, what do you make of that whole situation as we head into the all-star break I see, I see the, the, the the company that they're keeping there at least with the Islanders and, and Florida, I see that 
they're, 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 those are all teams that have that have uh, flaws compared to the other ones. I think in Pittsburgh and Washington's cases, Washington's been banged up, you know, all year. Tom Wilson's been out most of the season. You know, Nick Backstrom, I wasn't even sure he was even going to come back this season uh, after uh, hip surgery, but he's he's back out there. So that's you know, those are positives for them, but they're still dealing with with injuries and. You know, they're an older team, too. And, you know, I mean, they're getting a great season out of, go figure, Connor Sherry. He's having a fantastic year along with Ovechkin. So it's, you know, so you got them. And then Pittsburgh, I mean, geez, if Sabres fans don't know what Pittsburgh is all about by now, I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, but, but Tristan Jari's hurt for them again. Uh, if that turns into a long-term thing, then well, that, that really changes things a lot in Pittsburgh. I think that, that turns them into a, you know, looking to find some, some goaltending to solidify things because I, I, I'm not – sold on Casey DeSmith and, and Dustin, Dustin Dekarski's, you know, a nice player. We've seen him here before, but uh, I don't know that I, I don't know that he's the guy that I want for the playoff battle, but, uh, but you, you have all these teams that are all kind of in the same boat that they have things that they are excel at and things that they're great with. But there's also, there's, there's a couple of things that really hold them back with Buffalo. It's sometimes the defense, sometimes the goaltending. Like I, th- I think we all understand that, but, um, but this is, this becomes really interesting if they're still hanging around this. We get, you know, we get closer to the, the trade deadline on March 3rd. If we get, geez, if we're like two weeks away from the deadline and they're still hovering in this position, then I think, I think Kevin Adams is the attention is going to get turned squarely on him to see what, if anything that he does to add to this group, if he sees the opportunity to say like, all right, well, we can make the postseason if we, if we fix or address this one spot, we can really help ourselves out. I'm going to be really curious to see how he handles it because this will be a first for him. Like this is, you know, this will be the first time he's in a, in a position where, you know, the, you know, there's a playoff possibility and, you know, one addition could maybe swing that. So I'll be really curious to see how it works. But I mean, the, the Islanders are, you know, the Islanders don't score any goals. Uh, Florida is so erratic. Florida, Florida could be the most dangerous of all those teams, but they just haven't put it together this year. And their goaltending is, is a wreck. I mean, they're, you know, Alex Lyon's playing for him right now. I like him, super guy, but he's not the guy that I'm thinking is taking to the playoffs. You know, Spencer Knight's had struggles this year. Bobrovsky's been terrible for most of the season. You know, th- that's a that's a big issue for them. So, I you know, like I said, all these teams have flaws, and there's all there's all sorts of ways that this can break down. And I don't know, man. It's we, we I've been I remember sixteen the sixteen seventeen season where they were going down this road sixteen seventeen or seventeen eighteen where we got into. I keep mentioning this on the podcast all the time. Where we got into, uh, there were two points out of a playoff spot uh, going at, uh, out of the bye week, and then they had games at Colorado and Arizona. Colorado was horrible that season, and then they lost both of those games. And then there was you might as well have just ended the season that day because they were they didn't recover from it and they were mm-hmm. they were bad the rest of the way. So uh, I don't see something like that happening with this group. This this group is a totally different beast. And you know, <laughs> once they get a couple weeks off here, which they're basically going to get going to get here. Uh, I can't wait to see what they look like on the other side of it, all fresh and, and, and ready to go. You you mentioned the trade deadline and, and Adams maybe being pushed to make a move to make the playoffs. Timo Meyer has been a name that has been thrown around a lot the last few days. Jacob Chikorin, a name from earlier in the season. Do you see either of those players as a real potential? And, and if so, do you even really want the Sabres to add either of those guys? I, I think adding either of them makes them makes them infinitely more dangerous. Uh, they're both tremendous players. Chikrin, Chikrin would give them a uh, an, like a top four, and this is no 
disrespect to Henry Yokiharyu, but you're looking at a top four of Samuelson, Darlene, Power, and Chikrin, and that's bonkers. <laughs> like, that's a bonkers top four. And you're talking about being able to, to play them for 50 to 55 minutes a night, you know, going going down the stretch for the playoffs. Like, that's that's nuts. That, that is absolutely nuts to be able to, to have that to, to, to run out there to uh, control a game uh, on the backside. Like, that's that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. I was just, like, this this one, you're like, if that happens, like, you're losing your mind kind of deal. Right. You're just kind of like, oh, they're they're serious now because I mean, and Chikrin also has a couple of years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's a I mean, that's a that's a soft ad. I mean, that's a heavy ad for the future, but uh, it's not a rental, whereas Timo Meyer could be a rental. But I would imagine that any team that acquires him is going to want to talk extension with him because you're going to have to give up a lot. I mean, both of those both of those players, you're giving up a lot. You're probably giving up somebody that you might have thought, geez, we were going to build with that guy. But to me, Buffalo's got – they've got the pieces no matter what to make a trade like that and come out on the other side of it okay. You know, if, if things don't go quite the way that they were looking for, obviously you want it to play out perfect. You know, not, every, not everything's going to be like a uh, – is going to be like a Rafi Torres trade or a, or a Steve Bernier trade or something like that from the past. But um, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's the kind of move that they can, they can bounce back from it, especially if it's a Chikrin thing or if Chikrin didn't want to sign long-term, well, whatever, you can spin them off and get basically the pieces that you lost back, you know, from other teams. Uh, with Meyer, geez, I, I, I think about Timo Meyer playing on, maybe playing next to Dylan Cousins. Or, that's where you know, I'm at, yeah. Along that, I'm just like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Like that's that's a that's a bonkers concept, and that may. I mean, this is a team that already scores a ton of goals, anyways. You add a guy like that to to the group, and now you're looking at two lines that can absolutely run you off the ice. Holy smokes, man! Like that's. That's the kind of that's the kind of like fantasy GM stuff you cook up in your head. You're like, man, oh man, that'd be a lot of fun, and they can do it. Well, you know, but I, I don't think, and I know I know Adams is not the kind of guy that wants to sell his future short, but they have so many pieces, so many guys that they could make part of a deal and work, you know, and just kind of work things out with picks and whatever to make a deal like that happen. Like, to me, like if I'm another GM, I'm looking at the Sabers, and if I'm thinking like they might push. I'm scared of them because I know that they can make an offer that might supersede one of theirs if they if they decide to go that way. It makes it great for the team dealing those players, but uh, but if it if it becomes like an arms race sort of thing, man, the 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 Sabers are kind of I don't want to say they're carrying the nuke, but like they're sitting there, you know, with you know you can offer up a lot of guys or a lot of pieces where you're just kind of like, man, we can't beat that, and that that to me. That to me gives the, gives the Sabers a bit of the hammer when it comes to these negotiations. Like if they want to get involved, they can, and they could they could probably come away with what they want to get. Uh, but uh, the, 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 to me, it's always about it's this season, but it's also the seasons beyond for any any deal that you make uh, for this year. On the West Her Hotline, Joe Yurden, the Maintenance Day podcasting contributor over at Bleacher Report. Joe, before I let you go, we are in the nitty-gritty of the hockey season. Let the people know what you got coming up, where they can find you, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. You, oh, you mentioned Maintenance Day. We'll, we'll have an episode this week. I promise you the schedule got a little bonker. Uh, Lance, Lance Sosky got a little bit uh, held up trying to get to Winnipeg, so that kind of threw off our broadcast schedule this week. But we'll have a new episode soon. There, uh, you can find me at notedhockey.substack.com. Lots of stuff there, uh, mostly Saber stuff there that I'm writing about, uh, as well as Bleacher Report. Lots of fun, fun stuff and fun goings on that I've got there. I've got a couple of things cooking up. Something having to do with Connor Bedard. 
which I mean, hey, Sabres fans don't have to worry about him. Well, you know, yeah, you know potentially, get, potentially pick for him, anyways. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, lots of lots of stuff, lots of places to find me online, especially on Twitter at Joe Yerden. Wonderful, Joe. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the late Sabres game tonight. Oh, before I go, do have to ask that because it is a late Sabres game. If you are a coffee drinker, do you go for taste, performance, or both? Ooh, uh, it's got to be taste and performance. Yeah, I can respect I, that. I can't. I can't just have like good taste and it doesn't give me a good, give me a wake up, and I can't just go straight wake up. I can respect uh, that. Yeah, I, that I, you know, this isn't a this isn't an ad, but uh, that's why Death Wish Coffee's kind of the one I need, where it really wakes you up, but it also doesn't taste like garbage. So yeah, I mean that's that, that's the key. Is if it tastes like garbage, you're just torturing yourself, and no one wants to do that. Joe, again, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the hockey game tonight, and we'll talk again soon. You got it, guys. Thanks. That was Joe Yurden on the West Her Hotline. Again, you can find him over at Bleach Report, the Maintenance Day podcast. We are going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to continue on with the Sabres train. They're just they're, they're a lot of fun to talk about. There's so much potential. And like Joe was mentioning, the potential of either trade, of Jacob Trickren or Timo Meyer. it seems like it, 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 the Sabres team almost has this feeling of maybe like they're sleeping giant, it almost feels like, with how much young talent it is there and, and who they've got. It just it, it gets you excited again. We'll do that when we come back. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Zach Jones and Corey Griswold with you, and you're listening to WGR. Odyssey is your home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the free Odyssey app today to listen to WGR Sports Radio 550. Brought to you by Value Home Centers for the do-it-yourselfer in you. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
New WGR Apparel has dropped at WGR550Shop.com. Shop for t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and more. Get your hands on a Sal Capaccio song t-shirt at WGR550Shop.com. Final half hour here on Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Geary has the day off. Zach Jones along with you, along with Corey Griswold. We are still taking your calls at 803-0550 if you want to join the show. We're talking Sabres, talking Bills. Did a lot of bills in the first like hour and a half or so. Now we're on the Sabers. That's right. And talked a lot about coffee. Oh, we talked a ton about coffee. Which I, by the way, I just finished my large coffee. Yep, felt very good. I don't like though when coffee hits that. It's not even warm anymore. It's just cold. Exactly. See, see what I mean? Don't. I don't love that. I don't love that taste. Very against that. Because it's it's not iced coffee. What's a drink that plays well, cold. hot or cold? Ooh. Is there really any? trying to think like i don't really know if there's like any drink that's like yeah like you can have that either way coffee's gonna be one for a lot of people we didn't get to mention this i these are crazy people black (laughs) coffee drinkers and the people that like i only get iced coffee even if it's like negative seven outside yeah it's messed up you're a messed up person Mm -hmm. someone hurts you we need to talk about it and it's okay if you don't want to iced coffee is like big league disgusting like it's it's not cool at all Mm. I just I can't do it like in the in in the winter. I used to work as a lifeguard and like those early mornings, even in like Buffalo summers, like it gets hot here, you know, the oh, whole yeah. thing. I would I, I would either have an iced coffee or like like one of those like big jugs of iced tea. A huge peanut butter milkshake. Right Ooh. before you jump into the pool. Oh, could you imagine? Actually, a, as a former swimmer myself, i I should have cramped up in the middle of a race and died. <laughs> like like nothing I did. If my if my former coach is listening, he That's also, right. He also knows. Hey like, guys, good track me today. Hey, I got a, a whole set of Paulas for you. Dude, What's up? I, like no, like before my races, like I'd be like drinking like a Mountain Dew, <laughs> like at like fifteen, sixteen. That's right. Or like you know, right before race, like have a little bit of Mighty Taco or something like that. Like, like the, I, the picture of Len Dawson like yes. drinking the the yes. squirt and having a cigarette at the halftime <laughs> of the Super Bowl. There is no. I I had this conversation with my college coach because I was still doing it. Like I had like a like a lemonade as like my like on like the deck like water bottle because I hate water. I just I like. There's no taste. It's gross. I don't care if it hydrates me. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here with that. And I'm like drinking it. And we're doing like like quick sets. Like mm-hmm. you know, get your best time. We're gonna do this like ten or I think we did like ten or fifteen of them. I all I know is I was mad. I was not happy we were doing it. And he's like he saw it because it was it was pink lemonade. So he saw like there's a pink drink coming out and he's like. You have a Gatorade? And I'm like, absolutely not. It's lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I answered it like that. And uh, he, he was never more mad at me in my life. Than what that are you right doing there. to your body? Oh, dude. I, like, I've never identified more with an athlete than Alexander Ovechkin. Just got like a when, huge when I found fruity out, he, like, cocktail. Yeah. When, he, when I found out Alexander Ovechkin drank Coke like on, the, on like, the bench, I was like, that's my guy. What's the wildest soda you can have there? Is it, and why is it Tahitian Treat? I've never even heard of that. Okay, what is Tahitian treat? It's it's just a it's a fake Hawaiian punch that you that I'm still there's probably still bottle stocked at UB okay. honestly in the in the vending machines, out of the one koi wire licensed Coca Cola machine that you had to look hard in the studio oh, yeah, to find yeah. there, not in Bill's gear, only in like a blank football uniform. Okay. Koi wire got a partnership deal with Coke, and got himself on a Coke machine. Oh. Le- a legendary machine on the campus. Wow, interesting. But yeah, like my my entire athletic career is is a blur. Just be, it should not have happened that way. <laughs> it should not have. Like I never took care of my body. I a lot, a lot of it came to came to came to pass in college. I never stretched. 
which is like a whole thing. We do our team stretch. I, I, I So people who don't know, I'm 6'3", can't touch my toes. I will tear something if well, I, yeah. I even try. I'll, I will tear every muscle in my lower body if that happens. And my like college coach was just livid with me. <laughs> he loved me, but he's like, how have you gotten this far? And I'm like, ah, pff, I, I got to assume through God's will. <laughs> but I, I don't, don't know. I don't even want to be here now, coach. Why like, are you talking to me? Keep moving. Like, right? Like, if you keep pushing, I'm walking out. <laughs> I'm upset. Right. This is bullying. But, oh, man, good times, good times. But, yeah, so we've talked a lot about coffee. Now, of course, uh, terrible diets for athletes. Talked a lot about bills coming up in the draft, free agency. I think players that could be out of here, number one, Jordan Poyer, of course, that's been a storyline all year. Tremaine Edmonds as well. Are they going to be willing to sign him back, mainly due to the Roquan Smith deal and how much he got, how much is Tremaine Edmonds going to get? They don't play the same position mm-hmm. necessarily, but that is somewhat of the idea. And now we're, we're kind of on the Sabres a little bit because they're in a playoff race. Florida, a team that won the President's Trophy last year, uh, not playing well. That's a shame. Like, they're not playing well. They traded for Matthew Kachuk, which is a deal I was big on. Yeah. The Matthew Kachuk sweepstakes was happening just as I'd gotten the nightcap when Jody Biasi transitioned over to the mornings. I'm now in the afternoons with uh, Mike and Bulldog. And that was, like, my first big topic was, oh, Matthew Kachuk's available. Should the Sabres pull the trigger? And I was like, yeah, go for it. Right. He's a 6'5 unicorn Mm -hmm. who put up 104 points last year. Why would you not do that? Turns out they have that player in Tage Thompson. And I will say, I think Dylan Cousins is a player that could be around the Matthew Kachuk mold in terms of points. He, like, he is giving me all the positive vibes. 21 years old, he might have around 80 points this year. And if they do trade for Timo Meyer, if, if you listen back last, I mean, you heard just how excited Joe Yearden got mm-hmm. at the idea of adding a player of his caliber to the Cousins line. Yeah. And whether it be Paterka and Quinn being the other guy on that line, you heard how excited he was. It's just the idea of, oh, yeah, you put a 35-goal scorer on that line, and they could just explode. They could absolutely <sighs> just pop off. Yeah. And I, and I posted this question to Twitter of, like, would you be upset? Like, where the Sabres are in the standings? Would you be upset if the Sabres did not make a move? We brought up Jacob Chikrin. Obviously, Timo Meyer's now, like, the real big name in, in the trade circles a little bit. Eric Carlson, I guess, is getting thrown on as well, but uh, absolutely not. Somebody else is going to get him is the problem, right? Like, if you don't, well, if you don't with, get with Meyer, Meyer, someone yes. else, is, he's going to another team that you might face. And that's my thing, too, with, with Meyer. It's New Jersey that scares the hell out of me. They are the other young team just now kind of right. creeping over that horizon. And now, like, you know, they're not having all the injuries at goaltender. I think they started, like, nine goaltenders last year. Now they've pretty much stabilized that. Jack Hughes has arrived, and he looks every bit the superstar he was projected to be. Jesper Bratt is another guy that's really popping out. and Or, excuse me, Jesper Bratt. And, like, it, you don't want that team getting him. Yes, they're in the Metropolitan, but they could be a young team in the Eastern Conference that could really be a huge hindrance to you. Yeah. The Atlantic is getting older. Boston, for whatever reason, has decided to explode this year, but they're mm-hmm. older. Their core looks to be on their last legs. Tampa, kind of the same thing. Toronto, we'll see how long that lasts. And then, of course, Pittsburgh and Washington, the two teams you're chasing in the wild card round right now, or in the wild card spots right now. To me personally, and and, and I guess I guess we'll we'll hit this point now. There's not a single one of the top teams, and right now it sits in the Atlantic, Boston, the Metropolitan, Carolina that wants to play the Sabres round one. Yeah. Not a chance. If you gave them Boston and Carolina the choice right now, and it was anonymous and, and they and they pulled it and they threw it out there, and it was between those three teams, all of them would say, I don't want to play Buffalo in the first round. It's an exhausting, young, they're like a puppy. 
<laughs> and, and like, and it's both a joke, but it's like they're just gonna be jumping on top of you, not even understanding their size, just throwing themselves around. And you're sitting there, an older team like Boston, going, "The hell is this?" I have a friend who had a uh, who still has a Great Dane. Knows exactly what I'm talking about. Visit when I visited it when it was a puppy, and I had never seen a living cartoon before, mm-hmm. but like just an animal that had no idea how large it was and how to move on Earth, but still was extraordinarily excited to be there. Yeah, and. That's, the, that's a great Dane puppy. Right that's there. right. The thought of of hockey team just being like, what's this? An ice surf? And just like, but also going through you at the same time yeah. and enjoying it. They have a lot of guys who enjoy it. Like Tate it, Thompson's openly said, like, most of their locker room, we, we just have guys that love hockey. That's right. But even like competition. not like There's a difference between loving hockey and loving competition. Mm-hmm. They have guys who love competition, who respond to that, right? Like Krebs. Like, I don't care. I'm Yeah, that's great. Like, oh, I got to fight. All right, fine. Yeah, I'll square up. Whatever. That's right. And like Darlene, who just loves getting people mad, which He's is a a, such a cool part I of his personality. I him. And I never heard, like, like, I never heard that in his scouting report. No, and no. In the first years, never, it never quite revealed itself. And it's like, it was like the, the second half of last year yeah. and all of this year. You're like, oh, he's a pest. Yeah, it's so cool. He is the worst <laughs> person. And it's the dude, that, like, Skinner has been that guy. Skinner, you knew in Carolina he was that guy. Yes, and but you need more of that. You need that to permeate the team. You can't just have one dude who yeah, does absolutely, that and be good. Absolutely. And they have so many guys now who just love to just be like, Oh, you, oh, we're doing it now. And I they, love it so much. And they much. respond to it. It is it's so much fun. Now, you brought up the competition point, and I and I want to kind of pinpoint that as well. They seem to really get up for these number one big games and hostile crowds. You look at their record right now, their home record, 11, 12, and 2. Their away record, 15, 7, and 1. This has been thrown out a little bit this week of just how good this team is on the road, especially against some of the big boys. In the West, on the road, whatever it is. They beat Boston in Boston. They just beat Winnipeg and, and stuff like that. They're very, very good on the road. They are taking advantage so well. And I know they're owned by the same people and there's a lot of crossover. Just give me a second. I am also one of those crossover fans. So give me a second. Bear with me. They are really taking advantage of perfectly the Bills losing in the playoffs. Because now the Bills lost. A lot of people, including myself, are kind of like dealing with the loss pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, okay, this isn't 13 seconds. Like I'm not, you know, my personality isn't like this is everything's over. I want to die. It's like okay, like they'll be back next year. We still got the quarterback. We've got the draft. We're still a talented team. Like we're okay. And you turn the corner and you see the Sabres team and they are a wagon. This is how it always used to be. Like yeah. traditionally speaking, it I was have like, no memories of that. Yeah, of course, because it's been so long since. Either team has been in a position to deliver this kind of excitement. Yep. The last time the Bills were passably good in the in the Sabres were was 0506. And that was and the Bills deflated and I, I was real say, quick. And I like that you say passably good because you're right. Like the Bills deflated so fast. Exactly. So the last time the Bills and Sabres were good simultaneously 90s. was late 90s and then early 90s mm-hmm. for that. Yep. So like that's it. That, it. I mean that's it. That's all it's it's the last time you had it. And now you've got two players who are absolute superstars mm-hmm. on either team, Josh Allen, Tage Thompson, and really for hockey, Tage and Rasmus Dahlin. That's right. So you've got like just superstars loaded on these teams, and now fans can just turn their attention and go, if, if you're one of the crossover fans, and if you're not, like, I'm, like hockey games are a blast. And two I love teams that talk to, to each other. Yes. I mean, Alex talk, you know, mm-hmm. him and Josh Allen like kind of become like almost these like, like, I don't, I don't know, like I, I buddies Elam and Cousins. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it, like they... They go. They support each other absolutely, and they, they know each other exists. And they don't play in bubbles. Like I love it. Yeah, they they feed off each other's vibes. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've been to a Sabers game, 
and like you just pan over and you just see like like six bills. Right. Oh, it's Deion Dawkins. Just, yeah. Oh, it's just okay. power went out and here's Deion Dawkins cutting loose in the yeah. aisle. I guess what? <laughs> I guess, but they are going to have such a raucous crowd come Wednesday. When's the last time Kirk Cousins went to a wild game? Oh, that's a fair point. I don't know. Like, it, like I remember. I, I this is very recent. This is right after the playoff game. Patrick Mahomes went to a St. Louis Blues game. Will Brian Dable be at a Devils game in a Sabres jersey if the Sabres are there? Oh, no. Oh, wait, no, he's from this area. Yeah. Yeah, he would. Well, Lindy Ruff, like, literally said during, like, one of the, like, very recently, it was last Sunday, when the Bills were playing, he literally told the media, let's make this quick, the Bills are on TV. That's right. Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, like, it's a thing. It's like, I, I like where the Sabres team is at because for the first time that the Bills were good, that when their season ends, you just transition over and you're like, we got this fun, young Sabres team that's also on a playoff run. And in hockey, like, I mean, you've said it, you know, we were talking about in the break too, like, the sport is legendary for yes. big, fun you know, teams in the regular season crashing out. That's right. In the first round. Mm-hmm. And the Sabres, and this, and this is my point, and this is where I'm, I am getting excited for them, they are a team that no one wants to play. If, and I'm serious, like, if, if you anonymously went to these GMs, coaches of – Boston, Carolina, and some of the other metropolitan teams because it's a little bit closer in there. And said, "Who? Which team do you not want to play in the first round of these three? That's right. There's no way they say, "Oh, Buffalo." Absolutely. Can this team is presently constructed playing the way it is win a playoff round? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. The goaltending is a little shaky, but UPL comes up with very timely saves. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like, they just come at you at in waves. It is the one thing, right? Who like, wants if to deal with that? We're talking about like what acquisition could they make? What trade could they add? It's goaltender, but I don't. There's, there's no, no slot way. for it. Yeah, there's no way. There's no slot for it. They went and got Comrie, and because of the nature of the, how the season has progressed for him, he hasn't had an opportunity to establish himself maybe the way the Sabers thought he would. Even the Winnipeg game, which was like the fir- his first start, I think in eleven days. Yeah, uh, the Sabers decided to have their best defensive performance of the season and basically control most of the game. Right. Like Comrie dealt with very which, few shots. If they would like to do that. For, I would say, another four months, that'd would be great. It. I would have so much fun with That's it. That's right. I'm on board with it. But you just look at this team. I, I like the way UPL's progressing, but like you really do look at them. Like Washington and Pittsburgh, they're just old teams going through the motions. To me, at least. Like That's how I see it. They're going through the motions. Pittsburgh's gone to the playoffs 16 straight years. Like this is like they just they find themselves in these positions. Like they're just going to do it. And it's high-end talent, absolutely. Crosby's mm-hmm. still a stud. He's still one of the best players in hockey. But, like, Washington gives off the vibe of a team that is just going to lose in the first round and get like, washed. <laughs> and Pittsburgh, as you saw last year, like, they're good, but they dealt with some injuries and then it fell apart. And even then, in the offseason, they were a team that was potentially going to blow it up. And it's not the last dance like Boston. who Boston in their last dance with Patrice Bergeron potentially going, Marchand's getting older, uh, David Pasternak's going to free agency. The top, we'll see how that goes. The top of their conference is very aged. Yes, it's it's getting older. Yes. Even Toronto, you have no really idea what's going to happen with Toronto Tampa in two Bay. years. Tampa especially has played so much hockey in the past five years. Yeah. Like, like they're on the cusp of just, just petering off, just plateauing and done. And you have young teams. I'll throw Detroit in there as well in Ottawa, but because Ottawa's dealt with injuries. But it's Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa coming into the season. They were the young teams that mm-hmm. everyone was like, all right. Well, they're spunky. They're fun. Mm-hmm. And it was the Sabres initially coming in that were sort of seen as like the the, the third of the three. That's right. And by now, now, it's like, no, no, they're amazing. They're fantastic. They have studs everywhere. They're just young. Detroit is kind of trying to figure it out. I think they were probably the third best of those teams. Now Ottawa, but Ottawa, again, dealt with injuries. 
I mean, the Atlantic is going to go through a change. Maybe not with the Western conferences where, like, teams can go through, like, serious bouts of, like, losing and then still wind up as one of, like, the top three. Like, you can't do that in the Atlantic. Right. You, you literally cannot do that. You, you just don't want what, what is happening now at the top with the Bruins just absolutely pulling away and just, like, yeah. racking up, up I don't know how points. I don't know how they're doing it. You don't, I, they're an unbelievable team that was supposed to be falling apart. You don't want to leave yourself the possibility of, like, well, the only possibility is we can win one of two playoff spots because everybody else has just gone so far ahead of you. Yeah. The, and which has been the case, honestly, the past four years. Even though the Sabres weren't good enough to make the playoffs. The playoff race was over last year in December. Yeah. Because it's just all the, the team it was so top heavy mm-hmm. in, in the conference the and in the division. Card. Even the wild card was, was right. done. It was gone. Yeah. And now you're like you're looking at it, like we they, have an honest to god playoff race. It could, by tonight they might have it. They, they I mean they could. Like, you know, Pittsburgh plays at 7 against San Jose. They got to they have to lose that game in regulation. San Jose is not good. And and the Sabres have to beat Minnesota. They beat Minnesota before. They're very good on the road, and they probably also know that like dude, there's potential you could come into your game on Wednesday by at any, home with, by, with a packed crowd. By anybody's metric. Can you be in a playoff race by February or March? Like can you be a can you be can you talk with a straight face like yeah the Sabers have a playoff shot that by the was time the dream that yeah. was the dream and here we are they yeah the that, answer that was, is yes that was what everyone was hoping for Mike Shope on showing the Bulldog was talking he just wanted them to win five hundred percent be five hundred their record win half your games they've exceeded that expectation oh, yeah. at least up to this point they've exceeded that expectation they barely go to shootouts like they've had one this year so they're winning games of regulation or very quickly into overtime. By the way, could you imagine that eight-game losing streak if they like dragged two or three of those games into into overtime? That's the thing; they're not doing it by having every single thing go right. That was the ten-game win streak from a few years ago. Yes, where it was ha- just like everything had to go right. They were just getting lucky bounces every game. It seemed like they went had to a overtime. massive losing streak, and all the oxygen got sucked out of them. Absolutely, it did. And they and they bounced right back. Mm-hmm. They have already been bad this year. And are still in a playoff spot. Yeah, and bounce back. They're right there the for a playoff too. spot. And Joe Yurden brought that up when he was on with us. He brought that up that like in years past, this team would have collapsed. And not necessarily this group. It's the Buffalo Sabres would have collapsed. They would have gone up two, gave up three, and by the end they lost 5-2. That's right. Or, like you said, like they would have lost those eight games. Last night. Or against Winnipeg. Against like, Winnipeg. Yeah. The, the moment like they started clawing back, it would have been, all right, well, we're dead. Yep. And they came and went to overtime and they would have lost. Yes. Or maybe not even make it to overtime. It would have been just 4-3 they lost. Or the eight-game losing streak. They would have maybe won a few more and then gone on another losing streak. And by the end of it, you're like, okay, you're eighth in the division. What the hell just happened? Like, it, 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 it's so different. And partially it's because of the high-end talent. They, they now truly have studs. And that first line, we barely mentioned Tuck and Skinner. They are on career years. Yep. Tuck now looks like, I mean, it's ridiculous that we're comparing him and Eichel. But it's not actually. Like, point per game-wise, Eichel, since being... Called out by his head coach, Bruce Cassidy over Vegas, has not scored a point. He was minus three last oh, night. Oh, huh. And no points. So, f- really? <laughs> really? That's, really? that's crazy. Is that, how it, what? Is that's, that what happened? Did he collapse? It's just like, I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, you know, we're at a point now. Yeah, because like, we were right. I, to Va- a point, Vegas. yeah, we were right. I mean, to a point, we were right. I Don't get me wrong. I think Eichel was also given terrible management. Yes, but I'm also, this is going to, I'm not, I don't want to make it personal. I'm glad he wasn't there for Ryan Miller night. Oh, like I honestly, I am glad it's not him. I'm glad it's this team with these vibes for that night. This team is as likable as the early 2000s. Yes, and like I'm so glad that it is him, Miller, who was part of the last time we felt good about that franchise and the team and the energy that he was a huge part of and a huge symbol for. And it's Mm -hmm. this team now. 
who has guys on the roster who were here when he was here and know what it was like to watch him, who were on the ice to see that happen. That matters. Alex Tuck talked about him being like an idol of his. And I'm glad it Eichel wasn't here. And I don't want to make it personal, but it's true. I am glad I didn't have to see that pouting face just waiting for the ceremony to be over. Like, that had to go. And now Vegas has it, and they're like, why does our team suck? I know why. It's because that guy is a vampire for vibes. And the minute he leaves, everything's cool. It's not an accident. Jeremy likes to say this in the morning, and he's absolutely right. You do not have to blame your good players when things go wrong. He is 100% correct, except for this one. Except for Eichel? Except for Eichel. Except for him, and it's not fair. The Sabres only had one. They had to draft him. They had no choice. Eichel had so much pressure put on him. The expectations were gigantic. None of it was fair. And at the end of the day, him being out of this city and out of this team is the best thing that's happened to them in years. I'm sorry. No, I I, I agree with that. Because ultimately, look what he's done in Vegas. It's not much. It's not much. And he won't. And they will trade him again. And he will go to another team that has no expectations for him. And he'll thrive. He will be great for another team that doesn't care. Is he Taylor Hall? Why not? Sure. I don't care. All I know is is that the minute you expect something out of him, he folds like a house of cards. And that's what's happening to them? Well, because that's the thing. Vegas brought him in to be what he was supposed to be in Buffalo. Their captain, their best player. Huge morons. (laughs) Absolutely fleeced him. And we took from them the thing that was holding them together. A guy like Tuck is what they thought they had in Eichel. Morons. I mean, like, I, like in all seriousness, like, we, we do got to hit a break, so we'll do that in a second. But, like, you look at this team now, just a year and a half removed from the Eichel trade. Or, no, we're about a year. We're a year removed from the Eichel trade. How many, like, captain material guys do the Sabres have right now? Like, six? Yep. All of them just waiting for the other guy to shut up. Yeah, like, they're just waiting for Oposo to eventually retire. Which is not, like, a bad thing. Like, he's 34 with a, with a huge concussion but, like, history. Like, but, like, they're Oposo. just waiting for him to move. Oposo couldn't be Oposo with Eichel being Eichel. No, there's no way he could. He had... To go for this team to get to where it is. He had to. But, like, like you look at them now, like, they're so... Like, Cousins, Tuck, Darlene, Krebs. There's no scenario where this team functions the way it does with the coach it's got with Eichel still on the roster. No I, I, there, there was a part of me that initially really did want to see what Eichel could be with Granado as his coach. But I think you are right. I don't think he would have done well under Granado. I don't think he would have done well with the way this team is going now, which is... Like, Thompson's the star, but, like, you notice, like, he doesn't have the C. And no one really anticipates him to have the captain. Doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. He's that's not. And him. there's no expectation for him to have it. Nope, none. We, I just mentioned six guys. I never thought of Thompson, but he's gonna probably lead the team in points. The weight was just too heavy. It's, it was just too we, heavy on Eichel. Well, I, like you even look when when he was coming out of that draft class, it was him and McDavid, and you were anticipating to have like a one one A one B. Yeah, and that's just was it could not be further from the truth. McDavid is a different player and, on this planet, and than Eichel else. honestly different skill set. Very like, different skills. Not the same skill set, but also, like, just not the same guy. Yeah. Which you don't know until he grows up. You draft him so young, you get into the system. Well, you, you draft him when they're essentially 17. They're 18, yeah, but they're 17-year-olds. And you just don't learn it until it's too late. Yeah. It, it, like, all, it was too late for that relationship to go better. And it and it didn't help him either that, like, the management around him was like, no, we're going to give him the C immediately. Why, why would we not? Exactly. And then, the, and, it, and I brought this up earlier when I, when I got excited because this team now develops players and they draft well. They went out and got a Vander Kane and Ryan O'Reilly, and they and they just like we're, we're just gonna be so top heavy and like there's too many voices in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you also bring in a toxic personality like a Vander Kane, who like Edmonton makes him work, but it's also because like he's like this is Connor's team, 
This is Leon's team. Yeah, we don't need you. You can like, be over like, It's fine. You score goals. Yeah, score goals is fine. That, guess who that is? It's Eichel. It's Eichel. Yeah, just, you go score goals. We'll put you out there on but the side. But they did the same thing in Vegas. They gave him the C. He's supposed to be their stud, their star. Yeah. And, you're, and the way Vegas operates, though, they will trade him. Play him 12 minutes a night and put him on the power plane. That's it. Never put him on. Don't put him Ooh. in the defensive end. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. Do not put him on the ice with two minutes left, especially if you're holding a lead. Just no. Just not, none of it. None no. Of it. And he'll be fine. And he'll do yeah. great. And you know what? He'll probably feel good for himself because he'll be, be he'll be doing a good job. He'll he'll be exposing his talent. He'll be scoring points, and he also won't have the pressure. Yeah, all the pressure. Uh, to be fair, about like six months of that would do wonders for him. God, yeah, would do wonders for him. We're gonna take a quick time out. When we come back. We'll wrap up the show. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. All the sports, news, music, news, and podcasts you want are all on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Brought to you by Value Home Centers for the do-it-yourselfer-in-you. Get your hands on some great new WGR apparel at WGR550shop.com. Load up on t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and more, including a Howard Pick sweatshirt. Get yours now before they're gone at WGR550shop.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. We're pulling a hard on Simon. We just destroyed breaks. Just absolutely obliterated breaks. Thank you for joining me and Corey. Corey, thank you again. I mean, you know, you're here every Saturday. Thanks, man, for joining me, hanging out, talking a lot of hockey, talking a lot of football. Coming up tonight, we've mentioned a few times, the Buffalo Sabres look to win six in a row. They take on the Minnesota Wild at 9 o'clock. Pre-game starts at 8 with Paul Hamilton and Brian Koziel. That's coming up in, you know what, what is that? Like seven hours or so? That's a while away. We need a one o'clock game. This is ridiculous. What is going? It's a Saturday and we're playing at nine. Oh, ridiculous! Thank you for the callers. Thank you to Joe Yurden for joining me as well to talk some Sabers. Nate Geary had the day off. I'm Zach Jones along with Corey Griswold. This was Sports Talk Saturday, and you are listening to WGR. The only way you can take WGR Sports Radio 550 with you is the free Odyssey app. Download it today and listen to us anytime, anywhere. Brought to you by Value Home Centers for the do-it-yourselfer in you. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.